your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sunday, September 19th edition of Locked On Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast where we talk about all things Florida Panthers. I'm Armando Velez from pantherparkway.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at Mondoman12. You can follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore. F-L-A Panthers. You can follow the national show, Locked on NHL, anywhere you listen to podcasts, and the Crash Check NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark will be covering all the off-season, preseason, and all developmental camp activities around the National Hockey League. So yes, you heard that correctly, a Sunday episode of the Locked on Florida Panthers podcast. Why a Sunday? Due to the fact that my recording schedule is a little different this week, uh, to put it lightly. I thought that it was appropriate to put an episode today so that you at least, because I'm not sure if I could put one tomorrow. I'm going to try my absolute best uh, to do so, but it's uh, 6.53 a.m. on a Sunday, and I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about what's been going on with the Florida Panthers and their uh, development camp uh, prospect tournament and all as far as this weekend. And I will admit, because credibility matters and integrity matters when it comes to this job and this position, is when it came to the live stream of the Florida Panthers uh, prospect tournament that's going on in Wesley Chapel, Florida. The only people who could see the tournament is anyone who lives within the broadcast region of South Florida. Unfortunately, I am not in that area, so I was not able to see the first game of the tournament where the Florida Panthers did lose by a final score of 3-1 to one against the Carolina Hurricanes in their first game of the prospect showcase up in Wesley Chapel. But based on what the beat writers and anyone who is credentialed that was there, that is what I'm going to base my information from to provide for you. As far as analysis on who I liked and who I didn't like from what I saw, I personally can't give you that because I did not see it. I'm not in the in the broadcast region. And I know um and Florida Panther fans, and there are plenty of you who are outside of the broadcast region who I saw adding the Florida Panthers Twitter. Like this is outside of their control. Chances are that this is more of an NHL issue than it is a Florida Panthers issue. So please just don't hit up the Florida Panthers Twitter page nor Florida Panthers PR because Chances are it's likely out of their control. So here are how the lines look like for the first game of the prospect tournament. First line was Grigory Denisenko, Anton Lundell, and Logan Hutsko. Second line was Henry Bowlby, 
Justin Sordiv, and Surin Norrell. Third line was Karch Bachman, Trevor Wong, one who was really spoken very highly about going undrafted in this uh, previous draft, and Eric Arley. The fourth line was Connor Drenholm, Justin Knockbauer, and Simon Pinard. While the defensive pairings were John Ludwig and Matt Kirstead, the probably the most NHL-ready guys on the defensive pairings, Frederick Burnett and Max Gildon, and Robert Callisty and Braden Hache, a recent seventh-round pick for the Florida Panthers. And one thing that Jameson Olive uh, alluded to was that these are all mostly left-shot defensemen, so there's, uh, there's some players who are going to be asked to be playing on the other side to, to probably practice more of shooting with their right versus what they do with their left. So maybe some uh, he used the word fluidity as far as the defensive pairings being uh, shifted uh, over to the right side. One thing that the writers did see early with this game is, for some context, it was scoreless throughout the first uh, period and halfway through the second period in this one. Um, Spencer Knight was stopping a lot of pucks, tracking them well. Anton Lundell had a couple of scoring chances in, in in this game, but it was more that the Florida Panthers just were a man down a lot of the times in this game. Uh, they they entered into the third period with their fourth uh, PK, and the Carolina Hurricanes were, were able to convert two power play goals in uh, this one. That so, but when it comes to special teams. There are a few pairings out there that we saw early in this uh, prospect tournament. One that Jameson Olive tweeted out was Anton Lundell, Logan Hudsko, Gregor Denisenko, Simon Pinard, and Matt Kirstead. That's telling me that Matt Kirstead in this one, it, which has the most NHL experience, which is understandable, that he was the quarterback on that power play for, for the Florida Panthers. Another <laughs> more big saves from the from the 2019 first-round pick for uh, Spencer Knight. Uh, he stopped a two-on-one chance um, against the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, John Ludwig was delivering the lumber on the PK as well. And Logan Hutsko, a guy that um, his bread and butter is being a playmaker. He was able to get the puck. And find a play to Robert Kalisty as time was close to expiring at the end of the game when they pulled Spencer Knight and the six on five. The Florida Panthers were able to get one past Itu Makaniemi, who was the goalie for the Carolina Hurricanes, who spent most of his uh, time in Liga last year. They were able to get past him. The goals by the Carolina Hurricanes were with. 7.40 left in the second period by Ryan Suzuki, who was a first-round pick in 2019. Justin Robitas with 2.19 left in the second period. And then just entering the 
third period, their fourth power play chance, 56 seconds into the third period. Stelio Matthews uh, with a deflection shot on Spencer Knight. But the this, again, this is something that I talk about when it comes to prospects, when it comes to preseason, when it comes to AHL. You don't want to get too caught up in wins and losses. However, you want to see improvement every single day. So I, I don't want to get too caught up in the Florida Panthers prospect losing in one game of a tournament, 3-1 to one against Carolina. But just know that this is a chance for each and every one of them to improve. Of course, these prospects are going to be facing off against these Carolina Hurricane prospects sooner rather than later, whether it's on the AHL level, ECHL level, or even on the NHL level. So there, there's opportunities for these guys to see them again, but this is just about improvement, trying to get better every day. Of course, they had their camp just last week where they're playing against each other. Now they get to see how they're improving every single day from here. So the shootout portion of this, because the they were, they were going to a shootout anyway, regardless of final score, uh, Justin Sordiff got one through the net in a shootout, and Sir Noel was able to score in the shootout as well. And Spencer Knight in the shootout was fantastic. He didn't give up a single goal in the shootout, and the Florida Panthers were able to win the shootout portion of the first game by 2 nothing in that one, but lost the actual game 3-1 to one against Carolina. Got that last, like I said, last second goal by Robert Kalisti from Logan Hutsko. So the Florida Panthers have an opportunity to improve more and more as they will be facing the Nashville Predators prospects today at 10 a.m. At at, in Wesley Chapel at the Advent Health uh, Center there in Pasco County. So a couple of players got the opportunity to speak after the first game of the prospect tournament. Justin Sordiff spoke to the media saying, quote, I thought Spencer Knight was our MVP. He kept us in the game, in the D zone. He bailed us out multiple times. Robert Kalisti was able to speak as well on his goal from Logan Hutsko saying, quote, I kind of just crept in at the goal at the top of the circle there. Hutsey just kind of found a seam. I shot it and it went in. Happy about that. Close quote. And Spencer Knight, for some context, stopped 39 of 42 shots for a 929 save percentage in the first game of this prospect tournament, which is still fantastic, but still a lot of shots faced regardless. And he talked about how he performed on the PK and the shootout. And he says, quote, it's sometimes, quote, it's sometimes fun to get into those situations, especially before the actual season and just kind of get uncomfortable a little bit. I think it's really important, close quote. And again, that's the maturity that we talk about with the 2019 first round pick after just going through everything that he's gone through from college to four games on the regular season for the Florida Panthers to two playoff games to this. You feel like he's just a man amongst boys out there. It it, it feels weird that he's even in this prospect tournament to begin with. I mean, he's 20 years old, but it's after playing two playoff games and then being right back here, of course, he didn't have a prospect tournament last year, but 
it, it feels like he uh, has kind of a big edge uh, to him. So that's pretty cool to see. Um, he he also goes on to say more about being uncomfortable in scenarios on the PK and the shootout, saying, quote, at the end of the day, anyone can make those normal saves, those routine saves. I want to go a little bit extra and be put in those hard scenarios. That's what's great about, that's what great goaltenders do, close quote. And we also had an opportunity to hear from Gordy Kinnear, the coach of the Charlotte Checkers who coached this uh, prospect tournament for the Florida Panthers, he spoke a little bit on Spencer Knight saying, quote, he obviously came up with some great ace saves. It's always easier for a goalie when he understands his defensive pairings, PK forwards, the structure of it. We obviously haven't had a lot of time to work on that. So his reactionary saves were outstanding. David Dwork of WPLG Local 10 was able to give his personal three stars of the game for the Florida Panthers, where he chose first star of the game, Logan Hutzko, second star, Max Gildon, and third, Anton Lindell. Anton Lindell had a couple scoring chances. Max Gildon had a couple big hits on the Carolina Hurricanes in this one. And Logan Hutzko was the key distributor on the uh, one and only goal that the Florida Panthers had in this first game of the Prospect Tournament Series in Wesley Chapel. So that's what I got for uh, this uh, first game of the Prospect Tournament Series. We'll cover, we'll be covering the second and third game more on Tuesday night slash Wednesday morning uh, to see how much further the Florida Panthers prospects improve. And we can possibly make a prediction on who can possibly make this roster and who will likely start in the AHL this season or even ECHL this year. We're going to move on from the Prospect Showcase tournament and we're going to be talking about how the Florida Panthers are scheduled nationally as TNT and ESPN have announced their nationally televised schedule for this upcoming NHL season. You've been listening to Locked On Panthers. All right, hockey fans, now I'm going to give you the inside track on fantasy hockey. It's Fantrack. Fantrack's free NHL Fantasy Hockey League Manager is the most customizable, easy-to-use, and feature-rich platform in the industry. Sign up for free today, and as a special offer for Locked On Panther fans, you'll be entered to win an official NHL-signed Nathan McKinnon jersey. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash locked on to sign up. The top dynasty fantasy hockey platform in the industry, Fantrax, is the most customizable fantasy platform offering the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty, keeper, redraft, and best ball leagues. Go deep with the ultimate keeper and dynasty leagues. Create a simple redraft league or even a customizable best ball league with up to 2,000 teams. Coming from another service, Fantrax can import any of your current leagues and customize if needed. Ever have a trade go wrong or make a mistake in dropping a player? If you've had leagues in Yahoo or ESPN, migrate to Fantrax for a better experience. Fantrax Commissioner's tools allow you to undo any move with one simple click. Among the most trusted names in fantasy sports since 2008, offering hockey, football, baseball, basketball, college basketball, college football, golf, soccer, 
and NASCAR. If there's anything lacking in your current Fantasy League manager, Fantrack likely has it. Fantasy Sports doesn't sleep and neither does Fantrack, with seasons running 365 days a year. There's a reason why fantasy players who try Fantrack make it the permanent home for all their fantasy leagues. Again, sign up for free and be entered to win an official NHL signed Nathan McKinnon jersey. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash locked on and sign up today. That's Fantrax.com slash locked on. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. Does this sound familiar? You got one device that's let you catch all the games live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff? Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. So around Thursday, September 16th, around mid-afternoon, somewhere close to around 3 p.m., the NHL released their nationally televised schedule for, for the U.S. for ESPN, TNT, Hulu, and ESPN Plus on who's going to be broadcasted, who's going to be airing on what channel. And the Florida Panthers come in at eight nationally televised games. There are multiple teams who have a total of 13. There's not a single team who has 13 nationally televised games. Those teams who have exactly 13 are Boston, Chicago, Colorado, Los Angeles Kings, Minnesota Wild, New York Rangers, Philadelphia Flyers, Pittsburgh Penguins, Seattle Kraken, St. Louis Blues, Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Washington Capitals. Florida Panthers have eight. Here's the thing, though. Seattle Kraken. They have 13. And they've never even played an NHL game. The Florida Panthers have eight. But here's a thing with these eight games for the Cats. None of them, none, zero, zip, none of them are on the main channels of ESPN, TNT, or ABC. All of them are on the streaming services of Hulu, and ESPN Plus. How disrespectful is that for the Cats? Making a playoff appearance last year and a team who is really on the rise coming into this season versus a Seattle Kraken team who hasn't even played a game yet, who, who we saw the expansion draft roster. Sure, I get it. It's a new team. You want to market it. You want to grow the, the market over there in the Pacific Northwest. I get that. But the team that they have put together from the expansion draft is likely not going to be a good one. I mean, they could make the playoffs because the Pacific Division is that bad. But damn, the, the Florida Panthers don't even get one game on the channels of ESPN, TNT, or ABC. 
while all of them are on the streaming sites. I, I think that's just flat out disrespect for the Florida Panthers. But I think of it like this as well. You have, let's say you have two brothers. And one of them is in the gifted program. And one of them, let's say, has trouble learning and has a trouble passing grades. One brother has to, can not study, and they pass an exam easily without studying. The other one can study all they want, and they still either get a mediocre grade or have a hard time passing. The Florida Panthers, it feels like in this situation, are that little brother who have to work twice as hard in order to get the national respect from the NHL and, of course, the rest of NHL fans as well. So this tells me that it's not only going to take a playoff appearance for the Florida Panthers to get more of these nationally televised games. And when I mean nationally televised, I'm not talking about Hulu and ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, sure, those are national, but those aren't the ones on the main channels that there's still people out there who have just cable and they don't really have these internet streaming service that they could just go to the channel because, I mean, some haven't adjusted to the times, but that's okay. Slowly but surely, everyone's going to be on these streaming services. However, there's still a handful of people who have cable and switch to these channels who are not going to get the Florida Panthers. So, it seems in this situation that the Florida Panthers are going to have to try twice as hard in order to get on the national stage more. I mean, look at the brother, older brothers in the state to the northwest of them in the Tampa Bay Lightning, to back-to-back Stanley Cup champions, three in the last 16 years. They're getting the nationally televised games. They're, they're always in the playoffs. They're advancing far into the playoffs as well. So that's how they're getting these nationally televised games. Have the, had the Tampa Bay Lightning been in the same position as the Florida Panthers, you wouldn't see this. So it's going to take the Florida Panthers to work twice as hard in order to get some of these more nationally televised games for the national fan and casual NHL fans to know who Alexander Barkov is, who Jonathan Huberto is, who Aaron Ekblad is, who Spencer Knight is. And that's really what it's going to take. The people who follow this sport religiously, who subscribe to ESPN Plus, and if you're outside of the region and want to watch Florida Panther games, that's really how you're going to have to watch these games anyway. Something that John Butchacross of ESPN, who came on the show, talked about that there's going to be a little bit of growing pains for the NHL fans going into this NHL season with a new platform. So there's going to be some growing pains on how to get access to the game. And of course, for those who aren't subscribed to ESPN+, Plus, they're going to have to possibly uh, pay up a little bit in order to see their, uh, their team, in order to see them if they especially if they live outside of the region so i i have it and i had it even before espn got the nhl contractually so this is a plus no pun intended but this is how a lot of people are going to have to view the florida panthers outside of the region and so it it just a little kind of irks me a little bit 
that they're not getting the main ESPN channels. However, it just tells me that the Florida Panthers are going to have to be that team who worked twice as hard in order to get into the bigger national stage. TNT, on the other hand, released their uh, broadcasting crew for the upcoming season. A lot of their games will be Wednesday night hockey, like what NBC did. A lot of them are going to be like the rivalry games, as, as NBC did. And a lot of the personalities that they brought over were from NBC. They brought back Kenny Albert, Eddie Olchek, Anson Carter, Liam McHugh. They brought in Rick Tockett, former coach of the Arizona Coyotes. And there's little one controversial figure that they did bring on, uh, Paul Prisonet, who did uh, sideline reporting for the Arizona Coyotes and is also part of Spittin' Chicklets. I personally don't subscribe to Spitting Chicklets nor anything Barstool-related, but I'm not going to tell you what to listen to. You can listen to whatever you want. Personally, I don't subscribe to it, and I don't personally listen to it. However, I do think the issue is that Paul Bissonnette is living two different personalities on two different platforms, and you you got to ask yourself, which one is the real Paul Brissonette? And you can answer that question for yourself of which one is the real one. So that is a, that is a little bit on the controversial side on that. And when it comes to the hiring of Paul Brissonette for TNT on their hockey coverage. So that's going to be all that I'm going to touch on that one. You guys can still listen to whatever you want. I just won't listen to uh, that kind of coverage for um sports in general not just hockey sports and of course how can i forget the great one wayne gretzky is going to be added to the hockey coverage for tnt so that's going to be uh fun for to see who how the greatest of all time really breaks down the game for for even the casual fan and they're going to see that name and it's going to grow the game saying oh hmm I know Wayne Gretzky is the greatest of all time. What does he have to say? So they're putting a big name there, and it's great to see. Though, one thing that Joe DiBiase of Locked On Sabres and who hosts the Locked On NHL on Tuesdays and Fridays on this program, he talked about, and I agree with him, how the NBC product became a little stale after a while. It was just the same personality saying the same things over and over and over again. and is bringing in those personalities just to a different channel going to change it? And of course, TNT, if anyone listens to this watches basketball, they, they've seen inside the NBA and the personalities they bring of Shaq, Ernie Johnson, Kenny, Kenny Smith, and Charles Barkley, they see that they're always messing with each other, always bringing the memes. Uh, is that going to be all of a sudden something really different for the hockey coverage? Is of course, the producers create the memes, they create the photoshops, all that stuff. Are those same guys as well, the behind the scenes, going to be working on the hockey coverage and telling these guys to joke around each other? Is it going to be natural for them? Because they weren't doing that at NBC. And all of a sudden, are they going to flip the switch and try to make it more entertaining? Because that's what sells. That's what has sold inside the NBA for TNT for so many years as the better coverage, in my opinion, than ESPN for basketball. 
can that be the same thing for the hockey side of things for the crew that's coming over from NBC Universal to Turner Sports? That that's one thing to consider. And if they do, something I'm gonna ask myself is is it is it gonna be natural coming from them, or are they gonna be or they or does it feel forced? That's that's something to consider because they weren't doing it before in with their previous company. Next segment, we're going to be talking about some power rankings and some Calder Trophy considerations around the National Hockey League. You've been listening to Locked On Panthers. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you are missing out. There's coconut, Terry Barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. You want to know what my flavor, favorite flavor is of these selections? It's the cookies and cream. What? Cookies and cream, anything, ice cream, goat bars, any anything cookies and cream related. Why not? It's a very obvious choice. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box and you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Check out the macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Four to five grams of sugar and only four to five net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. There's also the grasshopper cookie flavor which is like the classic Thin Mint cookie. All the flavor without all the sugar with 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only five grams of sugar. Order today and you'll get the grasshopper cookie or the raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the US track and field team. Isn't that great? So go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCK15 over at built.com. So I want to talk a little bit about how the Florida Panthers are viewed from two different ways. Number one is power rankings and, uh, and number two is Calder trophy considerations. I'm going to start with the power rankings. The Florida Panthers are ranked Number six currently in the Bleacher Report power rankings, preseason power rankings heading into the season. Honestly, what do power rankings actually mean in the grand scheme of things before the season starts? Absolutely nothing. However, I want to take this time to give my opinion on what I think the Florida Panthers ranking of number six on Bleacher Report's power rankings do I think it's accurate? Do I think it's the Florida Panthers should be a little higher? Do I think they should be a little lower? Do I think, are they right where they are? There's a few teams who are ahead of them. Colorado, Vegas, Tampa Bay, Boston, and Carolina. I do think that Carolina lost a lot in this offseason with Alex Nedeljkovic, Dougie Hamilton. They did add just Barry Kakaniemi after that offer sheet uh with just Barry Kakaniemi, which is quite hilarious how they got their uh revenge on the Montreal Canadiens after they offer sheeted Sebastian Ajo just a few years ago. But I think they lost a little bit much from that department. 
and Freddie Anderson, who they just signed, has been having a hard time staying healthy the last few seasons. Is is he going to be able to help out the the Carolina Hurricanes after last season was a bit of progress? I mean, I mean, they went to the conference final a few years ago. They they were, of course, they were bounced out of the first round two years, like in. 2020 against the Boston Bruins. So that was a team that they haven't been able to get over the hump. And of course, the Carolina Hurricanes look like a completely different team than what they did in the regular season against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Sure, we could argue about the whole LTIR situation with Tampa Bay bringing back Stamkos and Kucherov, but the Carolina Hurricanes didn't look like that same team once they hit the ice in that second round. And they lost all these pieces this offseason. So I think the Florida Panthers took more jumps this offseason than the Carolina Hurricanes did. So I think this current version of the Florida Panthers is above Carolina. Same thing with Boston. They lost David Krejci this offseason, who's now playing overseas, and I believe the Czech Republic. They did were able to re-sign Taylor Hall. Thing is, they're getting a little older with Patrice Bergeron not getting any Younger, don't know how much uh, Mr. Selkie has, has left, even though he was in the running for the Selkie Trophy once again this past season. But the Boston Bruins were able to sign Nick Foligno, who was previously with the Columbus Blue Jackets slash Toronto Maple Leafs. But how, how, how much, how, how does this veteran roster, how do they face off against the rest of the league. I, I do like the signing of Linus Allmark, who was the only goalie who had a winning record against for for the Buffalo Sabres, excuse me. So but the, there's the thing with Tuka Rask, he's gonna be out until January. So we don't know what he's going to look like after this season going into the season, excuse me. So we don't know how, how that's going to look like for, for Tukarask once he does eventually make his return. So there's a lot of question marks based on the Boston Bruins that I have based on their age. Their defensive core is very young. There's not a single player under 30 for their defense, but a lot of their forwards are still over the age of 30. Like I said, Patrice Bergeron is there. Brad Marchand is another one that, they're, like I said, like Craig Smith is 32. So they have a very old roster on their team. So, But the Boston Bruins, they always find a way. So it wouldn't surprise me if they're challenging with the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Though with, with an aging roster, some, there's going to be a time where that could break. And this could be the season that it could be for the Boston Bruins. So I think preseason, the Florida Panthers should be number four on this list over Boston and Carolina. Calder Trophy considerations. One thing that my friends Joey Ganzi and Kobe Guy of Big Cat Banter, who I I'll say sub- subscribe to Big Cat Banter. That's a that's a podcast that I recommend for Florida Panther fans to listen to outside of Locked On Panthers. They talked about Calder con- Trophy consideration and how the Hockey News um released their favorites to win the Calder Trophy for Rookie of the Year. And Hockey News is, of course, where previous guest Aaron Brown w- works for. So 
something, another outlet I'm endorsing for you guys, the fans, who listen to and and read their their work over there at the Hockey News. They they put the names of Cole Caulfield of the Montreal Canadiens, Trevor Zegers of the Anaheim Ducks, Moritz Sider of the Detroit Red Wings, Quentin Byfield, former number two overall pick from the Los Angeles King, and Marco Rossi of the Minnesota Wild. And nowhere in there says Spencer Knight, nor Anton Lundell. And Kobe and Joey made the argument of that it's a little disrespectful how they, the Anton Lundell and Spencer Knight, aren't considered based on these names and they're not getting any mention of it. However, I will say, I can understand why they don't get any they don't have they haven't gotten any recognition based on the calder because we don't know how many games spencer knight is going to start in the first place if sergey Bobrovsky plays anywhere like he did a few years ago before signing with the florida panthers we could be looking at a 60 40 split giving it to the 10 million dollar man over spencer knight so Spencer Knight might not even have as many starts to have Calder Trophy consideration. However, if we see any of the Sergei Bobrovsky that we've seen in the first two seasons in a Florida Panthers uniform, then we could see it more closer to 50-50 or even Spencer Knight starting more. But if you're a Florida Panther fan, you don't want the, the first two years of Sergei Bobrovsky. You want him to do well. So. Wishing that on Bobrovsky and the Florida Panthers, I don't, of course, no, no, no Florida Panther wants, wishes that. So, which gives me that impression that Spencer Knight probably won't be in consideration. But it doesn't mean that Spencer Knight doesn't have a future to win the Vesna one day. So that is what I'm, I will be looking forward to in the coming years. It won't be this year, but... Coming years, he could definitely be a Vesna Trophy candidate based on if he's anything like what we've seen in his six games last year with the Florida Panthers and even in this first game of the Prospect Tournament. Then he really has a future to be a possible Vesna Trophy winner. And honestly, that holds more weight in his future. And Anton Lundell, there's not even a guarantee that he's going to make the roster or even start in the NHL. I believe at the end of the day that he will be on the NHL roster. Something I talked about with Nolan Bianchi and Scotty Bentley of Locked On Red Wings is I think he'll eventually make the, the roster. The Joe Thornton signing made it a little confusing and more likely, excuse me, a little less likely that he'll make it. But I don't think that it will eventually stop him from making the roster. So that is a little bit of the unknown that the hockey news probably kind of looked at when it came to Anton Lundell's chances to win the Calder. But hey, if slash when he does make the roster and he eventually does play for the Florida Panthers, I mean, depends when, depends how many games he gets. Then we could talk about Calder trophy consideration. Of course, the performance has to be there as well. And the beat writers, like we said in the first segment, talked about Anton Lundell's chances that he's been taking in the first game against Carolina, and 
it, he seems to be as good as advertised. And the the guy averaged a point a game in one of the best leagues in the world in Liga. So I'm ready to see what this guy is definitely about. And it's an exciting time. The Florida Panthers play their second game of this prospect tournament series against the National Predators today, actually, at 10 a.m. at the Advent Health Center in Wesley Chapel, Florida. And then all the prospects will be getting Monday off, and they'll all be back in action on Tuesday. The Florida Panthers will be facing off against the Tampa Bay Lightning at 1 p.m., and we'll be covering that on possibly Tuesday slash Wednesday's episode of the Locked on Florida Panthers podcast. So make sure to subscribe and make sure to listen to the next episode of Locked on Panthers. We'll all be covering all of that. So if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Locked on Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Locked on NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show where we'll be covering all the prospect tournaments, training camp, and all other activities around the National Hockey League. And when you're done listening to this episode of Locked On Panthers, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Bets. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag. Wherever you get podcasts. Tom Armando Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.